When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our friends Manscaped, the leaders in men's grooming. Use our coupon code RaidersoftheLost at checkout from Manscaped.com to receive 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. Join the over 2 million men trusting Manscaped with their grooming needs today and get ready for all their new products launching this year like their body wash, 2-in-1 shampoo conditioner, their lawnmower 4.0 groomer, and so much more. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the latest movie news from June 13th to 19th. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to our show. Anthony here. And James here. It's Movie News 52, and there's so much to talk about. I am scrolling through our list, and there's a bunch it's of a great, great topics. Great, great topics to talk about. Yeah. First of all, box office has been a great two or three weeks, obviously, with Top Gun, which is still decimating. You cannot ground this movie. It mm. is soaring through the air like freaking Maverick. It's about to hit. It broke $900 million. And it's expected to hit possibly a billion dollars worldwide gross, which is insane. And Tom Cruise's second biggest film was Mission Impossible Fallout that didn't even top 800. That was like 790 million. Mm -hmm. But this is the biggest movie of his career, and he's 60 years old in July. And what's even more impressive, they're doing it without China, which has always been a huge market for film. And for studios to really target that international market, they have a lot of screens there. So they're always hitting China hard. And to be able to pull off what looks like a easy billion dollars without getting into the china market i think that's so impressive and for someone like tom cruise who's the biggest movie star of our generation still to this day pulling it off and to have his biggest movie ever at age 59 i mean even if you adjust for inflation top gun the original and uh, rain man was actually his biggest hit up until the mission impossible movies it actually made more money than um top gun even if you adjust those for inflation they're not near what Top Gun Maverick is doing. So I think it's just really amazing, impressive, and so surprising that this guy, the biggest star of the last several decades, still just made his biggest hit ever. Yeah, and it was one of the biggest openings ever in the UK, which is saying a lot because this is obviously an American movie. American Uh characters takes place within America, obviously, for the most part. And it's very patriotic, but it's like destroying globally, which is really interesting for a movie like that because it just shows you this is the, these are the kinds of movies everyone wants to see. Pure escapism. People nothing, all over the world want to see movies yeah. like this. They will shell out mo- money to go see this. We saw They're going to shell it out. They will shell out cash. Take my money, Top Cruise. Top Gun Maverick. What's even more impressive is this is Paramount Pictures' second highest grossing movie domestically. So Top Gun Maverick is only behind Titanic from Paramount Pictures' Insane. library. 
That's the only movie ahead of Top Gun for domestic gross. So it's, it's one so, of the most successful movies of all time. Yeah, it's wild. You can say I, that. I, did, I honestly did not expect this happening. I think it's about. It's I think it broke the top thirty all time domestic and worldwide. I gross. thought it was going to be Mission Impossible numbers, maybe, but to see like that five six hundred to see it easily pass that it was just really crazy. It's it's so it's so great to see because there's no superheroes in it. Yeah. Not that we don't love superheroes, but we need movies without superheroes to destroy the box office. Jurassic World Dominion obviously ate up competition at the at the box office. You like how I keep like. Doing a little, I, oh, I, I heard little, it. Little You're very clever. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, grossed uh, $386 million. It's opening weekend worldwide, $142 million domestic. It's currently at about $450 million. Probably might not hit a billion dollars because of Top Gun. And Lightyear, which just came out and actually had a modest uh, impact this weekend. It had $5 million on Thursday and then a $20 million Friday. And so an overall $52 million for the weekend, which is pretty pretty low for a Disney-Pixar collaboration. I expected this movie to make closer to $100 million, so I'm surprised that it didn't um, ramp up that much interest from families to come out to the theater. So $52 million is definitely on the low end for a Disney yeah, I'm, movie. I'm wondering why Lightyear didn't do it, because Pixar movies usually destroy. Obviously, I think Top Gun is just surprising studios outside of Paramount with how successful it is yeah. and getting rewatches from people. Jurassic World's going out at the same time. People love dinosaurs. Um, maybe maybe there wasn't as much interest to see this movie versus like like Pixar's past films like Coco and and Luca was a digital release. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Soul was also a digital, digital release, yeah. I believe. But before that, Pixar movies easily make a hundred million dollars every opening weekend. So pretty surprised didn't pull it off. It's definitely not like a top ten Pixar movie. Maybe that's the reason why people are like, yeah, I'll just wait till it comes out on streaming. I think that's if people they saw the Rotten Tomato score it's at like seventy nine percent, they're like, Oh, this yeah. isn't like a great Pixar movie. Maybe I'll just wait for it to come out. Because I think uh streaming. Because we watched it yesterday and we saw a bunch of you go to see a kids movie and then you see all the kids' movies trailers before it. I bet a lot of those movies do really well. Like I'm sure Minions is gonna destroy the box office. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the trailer might have been the problem because Buzz Lightyear trailer was very mature. A very adult themed in terms of tone and style and so maybe it didn't connect with young kids to really it didn't look like fun maybe and it didn't look like just silly adventure and the movie actually isn't isn't that so i think that maybe young kids didn't really connect to it you're right actually the, the way it marketed the movie's completely different they marketed it like an adult they film. did and it wasn't like that at all it ended yeah. up just being a, a kid's pixar movie yeah. so i was actually i'm you're, that's a really good point i try uh-huh. I'm not. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm. I say some. Cool Moving things. on to some know. movie news. Uh, <laughs> Kit Harrington is returning as Jon Snow for a prequel, sequel series, a sequel series. Yeah. Okay, thanks. A sequel series. He's, he's a kid in the first. Yeah, you're right. For first season. So everyone's losing their mind over this, rightfully so, because Jon Snow is the best character in Game of Thrones, easily. Ah, not fan, easily. Fan Arya favorite. Stark is great. Arya is amazing. She's really cool. You're right. Yeah. I love Jon Snow. I know so you do. I'm very excited. I'm just saying you can't news. say easily the best. I can say whatever I want. That's true. I have a microphone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You also have a gun to my head. You're right, Jim. You're right. (laughs) Whatever you say. But this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure Kit saw, like, I'm sure they have a great idea to pitch to him, and Uh. he wouldn't sign on without it, even though, you know, he's a big name and Game of Thrones is very successful. But I'm sure he wanted to come on for the right idea. I'm not totally sure how I feel about this. Um... Because I love Kit Harrington as Jon Snow. I thought he was so perfect as the character. And I, I honestly, I think I'm in the minority. Y'all know I, I'm, I was not upset about the ending of the series. Um, I, I think the, I'm the only person alive who liked season eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I was always, after that season ended, I'm like, oh, I'm sure. I wonder what kind of uh, life Jon's going to live. But I was happy with it being a closed book. This also looks like they're going to be establishing a universe. I guarantee Arya Stark gets her own show now. So it looks like they're going to be hitting the Game of Thrones universe real hard at HBO Max. 
Also, the GCU. Yeah, the GCU. The, G- <laughs> the GTCU. <laughs> Game of Thrones. GOTCU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, and I'm, I was curious why Kit Harrington went back to the character so quickly. And this is confirmed. I mean, not officially, but Game uh, HBO Max's Instagram wrote, they posted a photo of Kit Harrington and said, we know nothing. So that's them saying that's happening. I was curious. I thought Kit would really hit movies hard post Game of Thrones, but... Maybe the movie trajectory isn't quite working out like he hoped it would. Well, I mean, he's in the MCU now. Yeah, but he's a, a it's a as an ensemble cast. It's not like it's he's the lead. Maybe he might get his own movie. Maybe, yeah, possibly. But I, I was just curious why he went back so quickly. Maybe the story, like you said, maybe it was a great pitch. I'm sure the yeah. the paycheck is fat. Yeah, it's definitely a good. I paycheck. think I think there might be a, a new world of actors right now where they're they're get they're becoming famous in the streaming world with a lot of TV shows, and then maybe it's hard for them to transfer to another platform like a movie yeah. being a lead because yeah, obviously he, his lead acting career hasn't worked out yeah. because of like he was in the Pompeii, the Pompeii he was movie. in a he was in a detective sh- movie that didn't no one really saw so he's not drawing audiences yeah. for lead character as in a movie but obviously the MCU is different everyone sees Marvel movies but I think maybe that's why also yeah I think that if this is a sign that we're gonna get a lot of Game of Thrones shows from HBO Max um but I think there's a lot of potential for, to do something really cool it looks like he might be the reluctant king king uh, outside the wall and he might he's a natural leader so he might be someone that the the people beyond the wall look to for leadership and protection because there's going to be all sorts of forces up there uh, that can affect the population. So I think that there's definitely a lot of stuff you can mine for storytelling. And uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's not a Jon Snow podcast. Let's I never asked for it. <laughs> uh, next bit of news. Joker 2 rumors obviously have been dropping everywhere. The script is done apparently by Todd Phillips. We saw the images. And apparently it's going to be a musical. And we're going to do an entire little mini episode dropping on Tuesday with our reactions to it being a musical. I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's awesome news. But the internet was not very hype about it. I think it's a great idea. It's something different. That's all I want from from movies. So, great idea. Next up, oh, also, the rumor is also Lady Gaga is in talks for a Harley Quinn role. Yes. So that's the the big news that came but out But Tuesday, week. we'll talk about it for about like 15, 20 minutes. So tune in Maybe 22 minutes. Maybe 23. Who no, knows? We'll see. We'll see. Next up, uh, Lightyear was the newest release of the box office. Knives Out just got its first teaser trailer where they teased the title. It's going to, going to be called Glass Onion, and it's going to be released on Netflix this holiday season, they don't have a clear-cut date yet, but look for it either around Thanksgiving or Christmas would be my guess. Uh, Knives Out was actually a reference to a Radiohead song, and Glass Onion famously is a Beatles song, so Ryan Johnson is clearly using his love of legendary rock bands to choose his titles. And I'm very excited to see Benoit Blanc back in action with a star-studded cast this time. We have our first image of Ryan Gosling as Ken in the Greta Gerwig Barbie movie, and I am just so damn curious. What is this movie? What's it going to be like? The image is pretty hysterical. He's just got super beach blonde, bleach blonde hair. He's got a jean vest with the an orange six-pack. Yeah. Um, I'm just very <laughs> curious. What is this movie? I'm so, I'm so enticed. It looks like a blend between his characters from Place Beyond the Pines and Crazy Stupid Love. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's it's placed beyond the pines without tattoos, yeah, yeah. same hair and everything, yeah, and way more tanned. Yeah, but I'm curious. Uh, he he does great comedy. 
And I think he's super funny. So hopefully they really let let him stretch his money, his uh, acting chops in terms of the comedy genre. Very excited for a trailer. I just want to see the tone of this because it's Barbie. Are they going like safe with the IPC, uh, the IP of Barbie because it's like a kid's brand? And then, Mm -hmm. but are they going to go like darker? I don't know. We'll see. We'll We'll find out. Because Noah Baumbach is actually helping Greta Gerwig write the script. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, they're (laughs) what a great writing duo. They they really are. All right. Next up, we have uh, news from DC. The DCEU has finally cut the cord with Ezra Miller's partnership in their future films. He will not be appearing in any future DC films for Warner Brothers. Uh, There has been obviously a lot of tumultuous news with Ezra Miller and what's been happening in the news lately with, in terms of physical violence, multiple arrests, uh, scattered, scattered stories, and just some bizarre behavior. Uh, So I think that Warner Brothers, even though they denied it at first, I always knew they were going to pull the plug on Ezra eventually this is not good press, and also it when you have uh, a personality that is kind of off the rails, it puts your production into jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if like they're 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 saving themselves the risk of if we start a flash movie, what if Ezra disappears off set when more stuff happens? What if he actually gets thrown in jail for weeks or months, or even if committed convicted for a crime? So Warner Brothers is also protecting their interests of when we make these movies, we can't. He's too much. Uh, Ezra is too much of a risk. They pose a risk to Warner Brothers' future productions. Yeah. So obviously, their latest news is apparently they're on the run with some eighteen-year-old. I don't even know is that. I didn't read it. Yeah. So, so like, I don't know. This is just what I've seen on Twitter and reports. They're on the run with with this eighteen-year-old girl, and she doesn't have a cell phone, or he has the phone, and he's like evading. Uh, process servers so that people can't even serve him papers. Uh. So no one knows where he is. And this are, is, are they still in Hawaii? No one knows where they are. They are. Uh. Um, so this is terrible news. I think obviously not just for that girl. Hopefully she's safe and her family can get her back. I don't know the situation. We don't know. This is what I'm hearing. But also all the people that worked on Flash. Like it's it's so be- yeah. it's so horrible for the entire cast and crew. And especially, like, the new characters that were going to be introduced or are going to be introduced, like, Supergirl's going to be in this movie. And, yeah. I mean, it... Uh, Ezra's not going to be during... Not going to be involved in the promotional aspect There's no the way, film. but, like, what are they going to yeah. do? Are they going to release the movie Yeah, still? they have to. Yeah. Are they going to... $200 million, dollar, yeah. Are they going to replace him? It's, it's up to, like, $300 million with all the reshoots and everything now, I'm sure. I would say marketing. it's too much of an investment to change anything, and... But no one's gonna want to go see this movie. And I that's think people it's really unfortunate. People we'll, will we'll still want to see it. But people will still want to see it. It's, because, not, it's not because and because it's not just Ezra's movie anymore. I know, but we a have lot of Batman. People, we but have a lot Supergirl. of people. They'll protest movies because this person's in it, which yeah. is really unfortunate because there's so many people that are involved with the making of every film. So my guess is the movie will be released, but it's not going to be as successful as it could have been. But I think that. Michael Keaton returning, Ben Affleck returning, and then Supergirl being introduced is still a big draw for audiences. True, for sure. Yeah, hopefully it's not a, just a, a streaming release because what would even be the point? You're still going to release it, just do it in mm-hmm. theaters. We'll find out. No one knows. But this is like uncharted territory, I think, that for, <laughs> for st- some of these studios. All right, next up, we have some horror news. So Scott Derrickson's upcoming film, The Black Phone, which is starring Ethan Hawke, is coming out this summer. It's going to be coming out in July. We are very excited for it. Apparently, Stephen King has seen uh, the movie in advance, and he said that it was amazing. He loves the film, and he's comparing it to 
his book Stand By Me, but in hell. That's amazing because this movie was supposed to come out in February, usually where movies go to die, generally, especially like a horror film. But I think they realized this is actually a really good movie. Let's drop it in the summertime, so I'm very excited to see it. I think it has a lot of potential. Great trailer. This summer, IMAX is releasing two all-time great films from steven spielberg on august 12th they would be doing a re-release at imax theaters for et the extraterrestrial and then in september they will be re-releasing jaws in imax theaters so get ready i'm i think the tickets are on sale now get them uh we're probably we're gonna try to maybe do a fan event yeah at, i think we, if we can do a fan screening that would be so much at fun. least et would be super fun and i gotta say with the last two times we've been to the movies watching the et trailer has been one of the highlights of, like just seeing the et trailer on a big screen in a theater that was just, I got goosebumps. For real. Just, oh, the heartstrings were going, man. It looks great. <laughs> Someone's like, that's not the. That sounded like Azkaban. That's it. That's it. Was, Next up, I was some... doing the uh, I was doing <laughs> deep track theme. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a lot of Harry Potter similarities with uh, E.T. But anyways, that's for a different conversation. Next up, Guy Ritchie has been tapped to direct the Disney live-action adaptation of Hercules. He is Disney's guy. Yeah, he's become Disney's guy. He did a great job with Aladdin, and I'm looking forward to Hercules. We love Guy Ritchie. Uh, I'm curious who they're going to pick for the actor because the Dwayne Johnson Hercules, Disney doesn't own the rights to Hercules, so it's it's an ancient story. So anyone can make a Hercules movie, and so that's why the Dwayne Johnson one was not a Disney movie. This one in particular is a Disney movie, which I think they're going to try to make similar to the animated film. Charlie Hunnam. You think he get big enough? He get big enough. Yeah, sure. I think so. he'll be it. Cause he's I think like, Hercules needs to be huge. Like the guy who plays Jack Reacher in the Amazon show. That guy seems like a good pick for Hercules. You can make Charlie Hunnam look like he's like 6'4". He's probably like 6'1". I guess. Maybe. Camera tricks, man. I don't know. Tom Cruise looks like he's like 6 feet He tall. doesn't look like Hercules, though. I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just want some really jacked guy. You know you do, too. <laughs> I keep, we have, where's, where's the uh, Henry Cavill reference? I'm waiting for it, Jim. Uh, I didn't have to because you did it for me. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Joseph Kaczynski, whose film Top Gun just came out, also has another film coming out on Netflix. This is because of the delays from COVID for Top Gun that Spiderhead's coming out the, around the same time. Just dropped on Netflix. I'm going to try to hopefully watch it uh, maybe tonight or, or early this week because I think it's going to be pretty cool. The I cast hope you is try. awesome. I, I hope mean, you try. It's got Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller in it, so it should be a, a great story. I mean, they're great actors. Yeah, and it looks like a really intriguing sci fi concept. And it has a similar vibe to Ex Machina, which I love. Mm -hmm. And so I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna check it out. It's been on my radar for a while. It's like a tech billionaire who's working on neurotic, n neurological control of people, controlling people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it looks fascinating. Next up, we have some pretty cool news. Uh, Marilyn Monroe's biopic, starring the Blonde. great Anna de Armas, it's uh, released their first photos and. I think Anna looks perfect as Marilyn, and also they really perfectly recreated some of the most iconic images from Mar Marilyn Monroe's life. And there are just you show you look at side by side images of the photos from the film and the photos from history, and it's like really incredible what they pulled off. This movie will be rated NC seventeen, and so not everyone can see it in theaters. I'm looking forward to it. I'm all for filmmakers pushing the envelope. Marilyn Monroe had a very complicated um, private life that maybe not a lot of people are aware of. So I believe that the film will be 
tackling a lot of that, and it might be a difficult film to watch for a lot of people, so be aware of that when it finally comes out. Yeah, Andrew Dominic's a really great filmmaker. You mm-hmm. might know him from assassin- The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and so I'm, I'm really excited about this. He's calling it like Citizen Kane and something else with like a twist, so... Mm-hmm. That's a bold thing to say as a director. Obviously, you want to sell your movie, so cool, man. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm very excited to check it out because I am really interested in honest portrayals of famous people's lives when you make a movie about it. Like the thing, the the one con I have for like Bohemian Rhapsody is it was very, very PG with what neutered. what what Queen's lifestyle was really like and what Freddie Mercury was really like in that crazy rock star lifestyle. They barely touched on anything and so yeah. i'm i'm really interested in movies that are honest about what these lives really were like yeah so i thought bohemian rhapsody was great this is a, good, a perfect example but they didn't show what his what his you know sex life was like what his intimacy life was like what his partying life was that's like. that's what sasha baron cohen yeah. wanted to do that's why he got turned down yeah. and so queen the band members actually they wanted this um, neutered version of the story so that more people could see the story and they wanted to share Freddie Mercury with the world so I understand the the approach but Protect I feel music. like I feel like watching I watched that movie and I was like wow that was very tame um, for Freddie Mercury and uh, I, I would like for films when they're about famous personalities and iconic legendary artists to be a little more authentic so it seems like the Marilyn biopic will be next up we have Besides The Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings anime in production called The War of Rohirrim. Rohirrim. <laughs> and a couple people have been cast already. We have the actress who played... Miranda Otto. Miranda Otto. She's returning. From Eowyn. She's yeah, yeah. going to be voicing Eowyn again in this franchise. As well as our boy... Brian Cox. Brian Cox from Succession. He's, he's going to play the late, char- late character. He's going to be voicing the King of Rohan. Yeah. I can't wait for this. And also, so this is a Warner Brothers production, not Amazon. And it is going to be in theaters. So so cool. I thought when I heard anime, it's going to be streaming only. I was like, ah, oh, I mean, I'd like to see that in theaters. And then they announced it's in theaters exclusively at first. I was like, sign me up. I would love to see this in a huge packed uh, dark theater with huge sound and a giant screen. I think it's a terrific idea. Uh, tr- I think it's smart to make an anime of this property to really – Stay with the culture, stay with the relevancy. Anime is really on the rise, so I think it's a great concept for a project. And it's going to be centered around the original giant battle at Helm's Deep. Mm. Excellent. Which is pretty cool. Is this all you have? Is this all you can muster, Saruman? (laughs) (laughs) Boom! (laughs) Bad timing. (laughs) I love them. I saw a meme the other day. You remember when Aragorn's like, their armor is weak at the neck and the arms. And the meme's like, just like every other armor that ever was worn. (laughs) I saw a meme where it was like, when when, uh, you can kill every other orc, every orc except for the one Aragorn tells you to kill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, moving on to <laughs> Zach Efron just got cast in an A24 film. Pretty interesting. It's going to be a wrestler film about like the early wrestling days, about the Vaughn Eric wrestling yeah. dynasty that like really got wrestling going and famous. Yeah, he seems like a, a perfect fit for that world. Next up, exciting news that we can't wait to share. Guillermo del Toro's brand new Pinocchio film released the first images in Vanity Fair of several of the scenes and characters, and it looks so incredible. Stop motion. Very unique design. I have never seen stop motion 
visually like this. I think that Guillermo is such a creative genius, and I'm so much looking forward to see this Pinocchio adaptation. And Pinocchio, we learned, is a huge deal in Italy. It's they're one of their most famous characters, and so when we were in Italy, we actually saw Pinocchio shops all over the place. Yeah, it's really cool, especially in yeah. Naples. Yeah. All right, now we have some news from the Sony cinematic superhero universe whatever they're calling it it's something like that that weird name yeah so the sony whatever uh venom 3 called the last dance i believe it's it's going to be called uh the script is pretty much done i think tom hardy is co-writing it and he teased a photo of it in the movies in pre-production now yeah and they haven't announced who the director is yet though so i'm not sure if andy circus will be returning to direct so we'll see i enjoyed let there be carnage yeah it was pretty good i enjoyed it yeah next up I got a lot. I've gotten a lot of hate for saying I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> you have. It's crazy. I, I, I mean, you can like whatever you like. We, man. we made a TikTok video after we saw it. I'm like, I like this movie. People are like, you got paid to say that. It's yeah, like, dude, I had a good time. Someone wrote that. I, I based on your opinion, I went to see Venom. Let there be carnage, and I hated it. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for ruining my life. You're welcome. I hope it did ruin your life. If something like that ruins your life. Then good riddance. Oh man. Next up, we have a movie anniversary. Good, good burger turns 25 years old this week. And they have released a brand new steelbook collection that you can get of the movie. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? That would be a soft reboot I would be interested in. They should, yeah. They they own a Good Burger shop. They're like the bosses and maybe something goes wrong. And the they reunion have of Keenan and Kel would be amazing. Yeah, we grew up on Keenan and Kel. That was one of our favorite shows. Because Keenan's... Kel, who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? It is. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. But they were great together. And then yeah. they were on the, uh, the Nickelodeon, what was it called? All, the, all, all that. that. Yeah, the sketch show. Something like that. Yeah. And, and then they did Good Burger, which we love. We watched that a lot. Yeah, Keenan's still been killing it. He's on SNL. So he's it, like, he like lives at SNL. Yeah. <laughs> he's been there for a long time yeah, now. He's been 15 there for years, I think. Um, so, But the thing about Keenan, he's always been just like a rock at SNL. Yeah. Someone you can always rely on. In every sketch, yeah. Even when story. the sketch isn't good, like you just as long as Keenan's there, it's like bearable. Yeah, for sure, I completely agree. Another reunion that's coming up is Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning are reuniting for the Equalizer Three, made famous for Man on Fire. Greasy, greasy, greasy bear. <laughs> <laughs> One of our favorite Denzel movies, Tony, the late Tony Scott made Man on Fire, which is absolutely fantastic. But what's even more impressive is. Dakota Fanning is like a six-year-old absolutely destroying it on screen. Yeah. She's such a great, talented actor. Always always has been. And actually, I, I saw an interview. Denzel said that Dakota Fanning, he was doing press for Man and Fire. He said that she was one of the most talented actors he'd ever worked with in his career. She's amazing. Yeah. And we, you saw her recently in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it was great to see her yeah. back in a big movie She also like has that. a TV show on... Um, uh, one of the major networks. It's a Victoria Ever detective show. Because her sister Elle has been blowing, blowing up. up the yeah. last five six years. Mm-hmm. Really, she's been. They're both very successful, yeah. and you love to see it. But we love and we love Antoine Fuqua, the director. I love the Equalizer movies. They're just like hard nosed classic action movies, and Denzel is just a great lead. We love him, and can't wait for this one. And anyone trying to. See, uh, confused if that was her in the first Equalizer. That's not her in Equalizer. It was one. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. Um, also, moving on to other news, Avatar: The Last Airbender, Airbender is getting three animated films from the Nickelodeon. Oh yeah! So, so all you fans of it, get excited. And guys, we're gonna watch it soon. I promise. We we're promise. gonna do an episode on it. Anthony always keeps his promises. I try. I do my best. Next up, Park Chan Wook's new film is getting a release date 
in the USA. The film is called Decision to Leave. It's getting amazing reviews. Cannot wait. Not surprising. It's got a great trailer if you want to check it out. And it comes to the U.S. on October 14th, so James and I will definitely be there in theaters. One of our favorite filmmakers. His most recent movie, The Handmaiden, is excellent. Check it out ASAP. Also, he made Old Boy, so he's goaded. He's, he's a cool dude. Final bit of news is about Revenge of the Sith. Gary Oldman reveals he nearly played General Grievous. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Really, really, really cool. I, I think that... um. He probably would have done it like method. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, give me robot parts. (laughs) He is a he was a method actor. He's a method actor. He would have. That would have been. I can't remember who the actor who played General Grievous was. But there's actually a cool behind the scenes video of Lucas trying to uh, approve the the look for General Grievous, and all of his animators came up with really fascinating designs. And the one he chose was the the finished product. And it would have been great to have Gary, but also, I mean, the the actor who played General Grievous. Did an excellent job. Matthew Wood. Look, Matthew Wood knocked it out of the park. Great job. You firing on all cylinders. Firing Matthew on Wood. all those cylinders. <laughs> all right, that wraps the movie news number 52. So much awesome stuff That's to talk about. That's a year of movie news. Basically. 50, wow, 52. 52. Oh my goodness. Wow, high five. High five in the air. Um, we have awesome episodes for you guys coming this week. Monday is Jurassic World Trilogy. Tuesday, we'll do our little mini reaction to Joker 2 being a musical and why everyone needs to chill the F out. On Thursday after that, we are doing, is that our Stranger Things episode? That is our episode discussing the second half of 2022 oh, yeah, and the most, our most anticipated movies. And then Stranger Things the following week before Volume 2 yeah. drops, so we'll get excited for that. Uh, we're also going to be on a Stranger Things podcast called Streamer Things, dropping on Monday tomorrow, so we'll put some links for that on yeah. Instagram and stuff so you can check that out. We went on a, this podcast specifically talks about only Stranger Things. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we think you all really enjoy it. We're also binging the boys right now, and we'll have an episode ready once the season ends. Season 3 ends on the 8th of July, and so once that's over, we're going to make an epic episode for you all. All right, take care, everyone. Bye. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.